0: The following podcast contains explicit language.
1: Hello and welcome to Spawned, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture and a great diversion for those of you like us on the East Coast that are getting ready for Snowmageddon.
0: Once again, Every year, there's a Snowmageddon, version Which kind four. of defeats the whole purpose of Armageddon, but, you know, we'll just go with it. <laughs> hey, I'm Liz Gumbinner. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. On today's episode of Spawned, we are going to talk about, first of all, why is everyone we love dying? I know. Enough already. I'm sick of it. It's been a tough week for rock stars.
1: And then we're going to talk about a question from a reader yeah. that we thought was really fantastic. It's friendships, adult friendships, after you have
0: kids. We're kids after
1: friendships. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And finally, we'll close out our show with each of our own cool picks of the week. Now, of course, you guys can find us other
0: places other than in your phone and your podcast app. We're on Twitter. Yes. And huge shout out to Geek Trooper. He's like my favorite person on Twitter who's always like shouting out and using the hashtag. And we can always find his comments about the show. Very cool guy.
1: Yes, and that's what he does. He tweets us. We love to hear from folks on Twitter, but you can find us on Facebook as well. We're on Instagram. It's all at Cool Mom Picks. It's
0: P-I-C-K-S, in case you've been searching for us with P-I-C-S. Yeah, that's a whole different, like, (laughs) MILF thing. Very weird. We have nothing to do with that whatsoever, and we're dealing with the trademark issues. Yes. (laughs) Thank you very much.
1: All right. Well, this is a little,
0: I have to say, a little depressing, but also just frustrating i'm emotional like even thinking about it but david bowie meant a lot to me he was like the guy that taught you that it was okay to be weird or that it was okay to be different. And, uh, you know, probably because I grew up in the 80s. A little, a little ahead of you, Kristen. <laughs> just a bit. Like, to me, he wasn't the guy who was in Legend. <laughs> <laughs> and it was interesting seeing all the tributes to him from my friends on Facebook and on social media. I think based on when you were born was how you perceived him. Like whether he was just this guy who did Let's Dance and Blue Jean or whether, you know, you knew him from his earlier music. No, that's a great point.
1: And, and I think... But what's so terrible is it's sort of, I know the rule of threes. Yeah. When people, but I feel like he just started this whole, you know, massive amount of people. I, I mean, I know Alan Rickman isn't a musician,
0: but then he Ta- passed away. It's a huge loss. He yeah. He was an amazing, amazing actor. And for those of you who don't know him in anything besides the Harry Potter movies, just go look at his filmography. What an amazing actor. Going back to Die Hard. I think that's the first yes. time I saw him. Well, and I watched Sense and Sensibility, which is one of my favorites.
1: Well, and then Glenn Fry and, know. you know,
0: Natalie Cole recently passed away and mm-hmm. I, you know, I... Lenny. Lenny from Motorhead. Lenny. Jeez. I know. It was a tough... Like, the last few months have been tough and I think the hard thing is that they're not dying from drugs. <laughs> you know, like, it's one thing when... I don't know when, why I'm laughing. I know, that's yeah. awful. But, like, you know, there are a lot of... Obviously, people yes. in the music industry that die through really terrible, tragic circumstances. These are just people that are old enough to die of cancer or natural causes or horrible. Like, Glenn Frey died of pneumonia, which is Oh, my horrendous. gosh.
1: Yeah, you know, I am always very sensitive when someone passes away. Mm-hmm. I think, I, mean, I I assume, like, we all are at some level. But what is it about
0: these folks that well, is so...
1: I don't know. I, think I can't stop thinking about in
0: it. In their 20s, it probably feels a little different. But I'm in my 40s. You're almost there. there a few months. And when people start to be, like, a, not too much older than you or closer to your contemporaries, you really feel it in a different way.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I... I remember I was... 20 years old and my internship in Cleveland, Ohio. (laughs) And they did this whole questionnaire when we first arrived about perspective and, um, and perceptions. And one of the questions was, what do you consider to be middle aged? Mm -hmm. And I said, what did you say? 35.
0: Oh, God. (laughs) So sad. It's kind of true.
1: I remember the look on my internship director's face when I said that, because for me, that's what it was.
0: But now, you know, 69, 70 to me is so young. Yeah, it's funny. I had a similar story. I remember um, starting my first job in advertising. I was 21 or 22. And there were two guys who were um, a little more senior than me, a creative team. And at the time, they were 30, which seemed super old to me. And I remember asking them if they were or creative directors, they said, No, we're senior copywriters and I remember thinking God, what losers that you're not like a creative director by the time you're old and 30, (laughs) (laughs) old and 30. I know. I didn't say that to them. And they are very nice guys and very talented. But, um, I do remember thinking that that was the age at which like your life was supposed to be complete.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it's amazing how it changes as you get older. Now I'm like 70 is not old. 80 is not old. 87. Oh, BB King died at 89. That's so young. He had his life to live. (laughs) Like it really changes. (laughs) Um, you know, the other thing I have to say is it, I think why it's really affecting me is that you mentioned it before that a lot of these deaths do often happen from drug overdoses. And in a way, I think in my mind, I feel like that's preventable, right? Like I am not going to be doing that. Um, but when it's cancer like it or hits when it's home. pneumonia, it really hits home.
0: Well, it's almost like these people seem immortal. In some way. Mm-hmm. Or it'll seem immortal to us and that they can be stricken by the same thing that any of us can. I think there's something disconcerting about that. It's like cognitive dissonance, like how can the famous person get cancer? That's for regular people like us. Famous people are immune. Yeah. You know, it's no, like a strange a thought point. process. And um I, I think it's also interesting just how emotional we feel about people we've never met. And we wrote about that on our site on Cool Mom Picks. You know, sometimes I see people making fun of people who are upset when a beloved celebrity, athlete, rock star, or politician dies. And I think those people, you know, it's a tribute to them that they've really gotten into our hearts and minds to a degree that we feel personally affected by their, their loss.
1: Yeah. No, no. I think that's so true. So
0: what have you been doing? Have you been jamming out? I've been out? listening to Bowie nonstop. I've been playing my kids' Oh, You Pretty Things, which is one of my favorite of his I guess lesser known songs, and determined to get my kids to like it as much as they like All About That Bass. <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> um, but I'm, you know, I'm playing them the stuff that I remember. I remember listening to Suffragette City. I think everyone has like one Bowie song where yeah. they listened to it for the first time and said, What? Is this and for me it was Suffragette City. Like, mm-hmm. what? Who is this guy? And so I think I'm just kind of going through the playlist with my kids, trying to figure out what will exactly catch their attention. So far, Changes is pretty good. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I it, it's kind of funny that same internship that I talked about was where I was first introduced to David Bowie. Oh, really? Um, because I growing up had a very limited uh, exposure to music, which is weird because I'm a musician, but it was I I'm, know I'm, it was all classical music. And so when I got to my internship, it was so important as a music therapist to Mm -hmm. really know and understand and appreciate a wide library of music. And one of those happened to be David Bowie. And I just remember jamming. We used to jam in the hallways to all the songs.
0: He was Really? really, I mean, we were kind of talking about this before we started recording, but he was just really prolific. And if you listen to Changes, that's a piano bar song. Listen to it. It's yeah. like Billy Joel could have written that intro, <laughs> and he he just was so varied. And there's so few people out there that are making relevant music for four decades or more. That um, you know, go through his song list, you guys. If you think he's like that weird guy with the crazy makeup and legend, and that's only how, the way you think about him, just go online, go on YouTube, and just start going through his songs. I think it, it's almost hard to not like him. Like I don't know anybody that doesn't like something. Well, he's from got David Bowie. so
1: much. He really touched on so many different different genres in a way that I think you can always find something.
0: Well, I think it's a great
1: opportunity. Of course, maybe now we should start exposing, at least I'm going to start exposing my kids to great music before, and movies, before people die. That's my goal now. <laughs> I don't want it to be after they pass away. We should appreciate people while they're living. Yes. All right. So if you guys have a favorite song, like, how, what have you been doing? How do you feel about this? Is, this a, is it freaking you and out as much? Next? Do
0: you, do you no. know? That, do you know that there's a... A Twitter feed called Abe Vigoda Watch. I know. And every single day they just tweet, still here. (laughs) (laughs) The funniest
1: thing that I heard was when they said, please, someone put a circle of light around um, Ian McKellen and uh, uh, Patrick Stewart.
0: Oh, God forbid. (laughs) Jeez.
1: I know. All the gallows humor comes out. Well, anyway, you guys know where you can find us. On Twitter at Cool Mom Picks with a hashtag Spawn Show. Catch us on Facebook or drop us an email if you've got a favorite song we'd love to know. Spawned at CoolMomPicks.com. All right. So, Liz, we got a great question. It was really short and sweet from a listener, Sherry. Yeah. And she just asked us if we could discuss how friendships change when you start having children.
0: This is such a good question, and it's so common. And we've talked a little bit about it before, but they really do change. And I think a lot of people think, well, when I have kids, I'm going to still have all my best friends. And guess what? you won't <laughs> okay that's the end of the show and now on to um, no <laughs> no i mean i i can tell you like a personal story that i i had like my dearest friend in the whole world from college and through our 20s and into our 30s and we were inseparable i mean we were everybody thought we were lesbians because we like <laughs> we would actually go out on valentine's day together to west village restaurants like lesbians frequented so they'd treat us really nicely when we were single on valentine's day and they'd give us roses that's stuff. actually a great <laughs> hack it we, we might, might also, want to write that one up. It was, we were like, <laughs> if we're going to be single, we're going to like get roses, damn it. So anyway, she was an amazing friend, and um, and still is, but I don't see her very much. And what happened was she ended up getting married before I did. Well, I'm still not married, so long before I did. <laughs> Meeting an amazing guy, committed partner before I did, and having a kid. And that really changed everything because she started, I think, kind of a new circle of friends. And then what happened was she got pregnant with her second child when I got pregnant with my first. We had the same due date, pretty oh, much. wow. Yeah. She ended up being a couple of days early. I was a little bit late. But we... we and so there was the no like
1: time. reunited. And well, that's it what I was hoping for. So good.
0: <laughs> that's no, good. no, <laughs> peaches <is> a nerve. <laughs> but no, that didn't happen. Well, I thought so. I thought, oh, good. Now we have kids who are the same age. They'll have be best friends, and they'll have played it. And it just didn't happen because by then she already had a three year old. Her circle of mom friends was kind of established. Her routines were set around the oldest child, which is something I mean yes. you know about really. Yes, and you know we still get very melancholy when we talk to each other. Not nearly enough. And how much we miss each other, but we just can't seem to connect in the same way anymore. And that's 10 years later.
1: But what was it exactly? I mean, was she a little eye-rolly at you, like the new mom?
0: No, no, not at all. I I think it was just a matter of circumstance. She moved to New Jersey, so she was a little further away, I will say. Her husband and I weren't the best of friends. Oh well, at the time. there you go.
1: But I mean, for you, I mean, for people that aren't in New York, it's mm-hmm. interesting because you know, North Jersey people can meet all the time, but it is difficult to get to. It's not yeah. like an easy thing. Especially no, when you when live you have in babies. Manhattan,
0: you're like, oh, that drugstore's three blocks away. Oh, I'm not going. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think, like I think everything suburbs, has to be on your block. Yeah,
1: see, people don't realize like me, the suburban mom's like whatever, but I, I have learned it. Hanging out with you, yeah, people thinking, want to walk uh, in their neighborhoods.
0: So the idea of actually having to take like. Two trains, a bus, and a cab to get to someone is, yeah, you don't see them as much. So So a lot of it was location, circumstance. But I think also just she wasn't the new mom going through the new mom stuff like I was. And I think that's what I thought would bond us. And I realized it happened to friends that had a kid a year after I did that I think then they thought, oh, good, now we have a lot in common. And we did. But I was already, you know, with the stressed out moms of one-year-olds and trying to figure out what that phase of parenthood was like. And I wasn't dealing with the newborn stuff, which felt like a million years earlier. Well, so. I think that's a big
1: issue in that there are definitely subcultures in parenting based mm-hmm. on your kid's age. Definitely. And I think while, and and, and if you weren't f- like super duper friends before, I mean, look, there's other stuff because my best friend her first was born about six months after my second, uh-huh. but we're still super close. Right. I like her husband. <laughs> I mean, not in that way, but and I he like her likes husband. You? And he likes me. No, I, I know mean, that. Who doesn't like me, Liz? Hello. <laughs> that's sort of a... And I like you all. <laughs> so, um, I mean, that situation for us, that's not affect our friendship. But I will say... She didn't have kids and I had a newborn. And right. I there definitely was a difference in experience, although she worked with children as her job. So she had a lot of empathy and had been around kids Well, a lot. I
0: think that's some of it, too. If you have kids and your friends don't, then what will that change? Well, I think it depends on your friends. Are they interested? Because some people are like, oh, I love babies. I want to come over all the time and bring you a million gifts and be like the cool godmother. And that usually helps you maintain the friendship. And then, look, there's a lot of single... Yeah, that women, just, and they don't get it. They, they just don't either, get it. They don't get it. They don't understand. And nor should they, by yeah. the way. I mean, it's, like, very hard to understand what someone else is going through with the emotion and fatigue well, and total stress of new parenthood. there's also a
1: level of, like, a really you're obsessed with a nap. Like, is that what it comes to? Well, and I know yeah. I wanted to just be like, oh, just you wait. Just <laughs> you wait and yeah. see. Yeah,
0: well, I think, you know, there are even single women that stop. or or cease friendships or change friendships when their friends get married. I know a lot of people like that, where the single friend became jealous of the married friend or whatnot, or the married people started having more couple friends. So I think just when your life circumstances change in general, whether that's having a kid, a new relationship, a move, a promotion, new work, like those change the circles that you run in and the things you're concerned about. And I think we all kind of seek out people who are similar to us and going through what we're going through. And and it's kind of why, you know, if you're at a white collar job, an office job, the interns all become friends and all the like junior entry yeah, level people absolutely. become friends. It's you not, know? I
1: mean, it's not a new phenomenon. I don't think it only affects people with children. I think, though, you know, the other thing is that you have different values. So, yes. all of a sudden, before you had kids, you might have been a certain way, and then you have kids, and your friend has kids, but they're, you know, maybe they let their kids run wild, or maybe they're spankers. Oh, yeah. And well, then you're like,
0: who are you? Well, that well, that's a good point. Like, I think there are also parents who, like, cannot be anything but parents when they're new parents. It's like, shut up about the baby already. Like, how many people do we know on Facebook? It's like, okay, your 80th sonogram picture, we get it. You're having a baby. I, I blame smartphones. Seriously.
1: <laughs> because when we had our first babies, there were no smartphones. So, so you, could you couldn't not... <laughs> overshare. If you wanted to overshare, you had to make a phone call. <laughs> I feel like we need a question here. Are you an oversharent? Because then we cannot be friends. But I think here's the thing. If you're an oversharer and I'm an oversharer, we can overshare together. Hey, we
0: are both bloggers. A lot of people consider that oversharing. That's true. But I mean, we
1: both, I think, have interests outside of our children and appreciate that. And that's one of the reasons why we're friends, although we met after having kids. I think when you have someone Mm -hmm. who can't stop talking about her kids. And you've got another person who has kids and just kind of wants to go out for coffee and maybe talk about like the weather. Yeah. I, I mean, want to talk
0: about something using more than one syllable words at a time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I have found the most challenge for me is that I disagree with how people handle their children. And so, so your parenting yes, values
0: and tactics are different. Yes. Yeah. And that, I think that creates a lot of problems for a lot of people. It really does. And I, I don't know, like, what? how do you handle that? How, well, I, how I would you wrote, handle it? Well, I wrote a post once that, you know, I tried to be diplomatic about it, but I, it, was, it was troubling for me. And I called it booby for one, <laughs> non-smoking, something with a view perhaps. And I had a friend who was not like a best friend, but, you know, like a, you know, she was in my social circle and we were friendly and we had babies around the same time. And she came over with her two-year-old and, you know, two-year-olds are running around and talking and have personalities. And he was like, mom, booby. <laughs> <laughs> and she wiped out the boob and breastfed, and I was like, oh my goodness. And I really, you know, I didn't want to judge her for extended breastfeeding. And so I really tried to analyze myself, like, what is it about this that's bothering me? And I think partly it's that when I said to her, you know, I don't really know anyone who's still nursing a two-year-old, so excuse me for, you know, being a little, you know, trying to trying to process this. And her response was, Oh. I'm so, you know, she was very proud of it. And she said, he's still 95% breastfed. And I'm like, what's the other 5%? And she goes, food. And that's what freaked me out. I was like, you're not feeding him any food? What?
1: I know. 95-5 for a two-year-old? Yeah. And hey, like, listeners, I had four kids and I breastfed for seven years straight. Did you know that? <laughs> Bless your boobs. My goodness. It was goodness. like me,
0: and I loved it. You Don't need, get like, me wrong. You need like two plaques <laughs> over your nipples in the form of pasties. Like we have done our oh, service honey. to Kristen's oh, body honey. and four children. D- does it come with Let plaques? Let us rest in peace. <laughs> does it come with nipple surgery, Liz? Do the, that's what the plaques come for. That's why I need them to cover them up. They get like medals <laughs> of honor. I have done my duty. I've served proudly. You need you need like veterans' compensation for that. <laughs> I think like just a nipple ring can solve it. Get on that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, all that to say, I nursed my oldest past the age of two. However, Mm -hmm. it was a ninety-five-five in terms of ninety-five percent food. Yeah, and a lot 5%. of people still nurse their toddlers like, to sleep. Yeah, of course. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. And I did. So I think, you know, and look, here's the thing. If that's something that, you know, if people are super uncomfortable with that and they've got someone who is, like, that is a friendship
0: divide. That can really change it a It was tough. And I really did try to look at myself and figure out what's my issue with it. And I'm sure a lot of it was cultural. A lot of it was just not being around that from an experience standpoint. A part, and part of it was just she got weird. <laughs> like, she was like, my little booby baby. He's my little booby baby. Like, there was something super, <laughs> like... And it was like, uh, what's her name? Caitlyn Stark's sister in Game of Thrones who's like breastfeeding her 10 year (laughs) old. Our producer's nodding, Oh dear, <laughs> yeah. So um, there was something a little like infantilizing about it. I think so I think in the end, that's what really got me. It wasn't that she just kind of nonchalantly was breastfeeding because that's a decision that doesn't affect me. And I want to try not to judge parents for decisions that don't affect me,
1: yeah, but you could also make the decision that those things are more important to you than, you know, hanging out all the time. Right. and maybe you only go out without your children. And then you can see if she
0: can't go out without her booby baby. <laughs> <laughs> you're like can we just go out with the boobies and well, not the, the boobie for baby for me the bigger issue was when I realized that friends or like acquaintances from the neighborhood or you know you were in a new mom's group or something and as our kids got older that they were like competitive mommies that they were always comparing and judging. That, like, definitely severed friendships. There was, I think, an economic divide. Like, I was really struggling at the time that I had young kids and things were tight. And it was really tough for me to be around women that had, like, two nannies and a cook. Yeah, I can imagine. (laughs) Like, I just, I was... Envious and frustrated, and it just it was just tough for me to stay friends with those people. And, and by the way, it was probably tough for them to stay friends with me because I couldn't afford to go do the things that they wanted to do. Like, they'd be like, Hey, let's take our kids to whatever that costs $60 a person. Yeah, that well, they'll never remember because they're two years factor. old. Well, yeah. that's a
1: huge factor. I mean, for me, I was living in Mississippi, and so I was really, I'm from New Jersey, I was really out of my element. And and I was really struggling with missing work, even mm. though I was working part-time. And you were I, on a military base. I was, well, yeah, I was close to a military base, but I was teaching part-time at a university, um, but I didn't have any friends prior to that with children. And so mm. when I had kids, I had no friends with kids. And that presented a, a you know, a huge challenge. And also mm. I think- I was very rigid. I mean, I was like, nap time is this time, and feeding is this time, and bedtime is this time. As you, I, like, had a
0: birth plan. You were one of those people who were like, I know how I'm going to oh, do this. I'm yes, researching I did. this. Me, the data nerd, I'm like, <laughs> all I know is epidural. That's it. <laughs> That's the only thing on my list. Anything else, whatever.
1: <laughs> but, you know, as I had more kids, I got more flexible, and it actually helped my social life, because ah. I wasn't so much about having to be home at a certain time for nap. I said, you know, I can be out and about. I can hang out with a friend. There, our older kids can, ha- can do you together? think the
0: rigidity of your schedule cost you friendships? Like the I have to be home promptly at eleven ten for nap time. It, it. I don't know if it cost me friendships, but what it cost me was
1: time and energy put on myself, which I think is really important Mm. for mothers, is to have that time to yourself, the time to take care of yourself. But I will say one of the things that has greatly affected relationships and changed them is how these other people deal with their children. And I'm not perfect. Believe me, my kids can, you know, you know, you've seen my kids. They're pretty good. But everyone has their moments.
0: But when you have four, one of them's going to do something you're not aware of. But I mean,
1: generally speaking, I want my kids to you know behave in restaurants if yeah. they start screaming I take them out like there are just certain things like respectful things that I do and I've had friends that just will sit there at a restaurant and let their kids scream and cry and throw things or whatever and I'm like you know we just can't go out together with our children
0: I have had a similar experience and I think that's tough and I, and what I've tried to do is maintain those relationships but not with our kids mm-hmm. and that's tough yeah but yeah, yeah. like I don't want my kids to pick up that behavior necessarily and I, you know especially when my kids are really little like I just didn't want to deal with it like It would be embarrassing to be in a restaurant that's local where I know all the staff and we go all the time and they're just like letting their kids like run around and lick light sockets. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not too far from the truth, you know, and like you're seeing waiters balancing trays of hot coffee and like almost tripping over their kids that are running around like and then it's so awkward because what do you say like, oh, maybe your kids should sit down like that's it's like what we talked about the spinach and the teeth last week. It's very tough to give you know, parenting suggestions, especially to new parents, because we're all so insecure and stressed out and we don't want to like, create some big mommy war thing. And so um, I had a couple incidents like that where I realized okay, I like this person. I just maybe am not so comfortable with who they are when they are a parent. And so we should be together as women and not as parents.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, it's come down to people that have similar values, people that have kids of similar ages. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm really friends with anyone right now that has a baby and not because I have some sort of rule. against <laughs> Moms with babies being my friend. And I also think that when you find someone like that, you can take cues from them You know, so I've taken some cues from you in terms of some of the the things that you do with your kids, the rules that you have. And vice versa. Yeah. Your kids who actually do chores. (laughs) Uh, So I think, you know, that shows to me a lasting friendship. Mm -hmm. You know, you may not agree with everything, but you say, hmm, that's a really good idea. I might try that with my kids or when I'm around them. I know that maybe my kids need to do this because it's respectful of what
0: you, well, you. I think for those of you listeners with young kids and you're still grappling to yeah. find your people, there are a lot of ways to do that. And I will say it starts to happen naturally when you become part of your community. And that may be just by being at the playground and meeting people through your yes. kids. It may be like going to... I wanna say mommy and me, but like that's a crappy term, isn't it? Yeah, Parent caret- and me,
1: caretaker in me. <laughs> there we go. I used
0: to teach those classes
1: and we had grandparents, uncles, nannies, yeah, of we had course. everyone there.
0: So um stranger you know, if on you're the street. A, yeah. An adult <laughs> and me classes. Um and, and you get to know those people. And it's funny because I still remember my daughter at at like eighteen months old in a music for a toddler's class. And this one woman I thought was really cool and she had this son who was really cool and cut to 10 years later, they're in fifth grade together. Oh, that's awesome. And that happens all the yes, time. Yes, it does. And so um, I think, you know, especially in a kind of smaller community like my part of Brooklyn, there are people that you will continue to see throughout your life. Also, that's another good lesson, not to burn bridges. Don't have a fight with a lady in the playground who's like comparing her kids, you know, my kids. Because you will four. see them later. Yeah, you'll see them <laughs> a lot. They'll be your classroom mom it, in third grade. it happens they always say, like, don't burn bridges, you know, at work. Well, it's the same thing with, like, your mom friends and the people <laughs> in the neighborhood. But I think once, especially we got into preschool and kindergarten, we, I ended up finding really amazing people with great values. And sometimes, you know, your kids become friends and you hang out with the parents out of circumstance. And sometimes you realize you really like those parents. and So you're kind of like, hey, Paul, don't you want to have another play date with Georgia again? You know, because you want to be able to hang out with her parents. Well, that is a Huge twist.
1: Do we want to go there? Because what happens when you really like the parents, but your kids don't really like each other? Or you really like the parents and you can't stand their
0: kids? (laughs) Well, if you like the parents and can't stand their kids, I think it goes back to just don't be around
1: them with their children.
0: Yeah. Or, you know, if there's some um, chaperone class trip opportunity, you know, then make sure you both do it so you can hang out together and your kids don't necessarily have to hang out together. You can find circumstances. Look at you. Also, there's the birthday party sir. Circuit, right, yeah. Like <laughs> I'm sure the circuit. Well, oh, good lord. That thing nearly put me in bankruptcy. <laughs> like, when when your kids are like three and four in preschool, everyone's like, oh, we have to invite the whole class Ugh. to every party. Well, if you've got like 18 kids times 18 parties, you're like going to one or two birthdays a weekend. It's That's true. Crazy. That becomes your social calendar and, and your like entire budget.
1: It's like, no lattes for me. I got my. <laughs> well, gift. I have a – you know, I am a bit of a hermit, I have to admit, and I don't do a lot of the school activities. I don't know if we have a lot of – I think we have a lot of work-at-home parents, honestly, in my little school. Mm. I think we have a lot of stay-at-home parents. I, th- I see think a people dads, divide along those lines, too. And I think it's hard to meet other people that way. So yeah. I think if you are trying to find friends – A really great way is just to get involved a little bit. It doesn't have you don't have to go overboard. Um, You know, of course, there are all those groups I think there's like mops. And of course, there's like the Leche Leagues. There's all sorts of ways where moms (laughs) gather. And I think you really have to think about is that something are those are they going to share the similar values or the same values as you before you decide to spend time in doing that?
0: Well, I will say that's the one thing. Well, one of many things I will say for the Internet And, you know, if people are using Match.com for dating, they're certainly using it to find parent friends. And it's how we met. And I've, I've always said, like, one of the amazing things that the internet and blogging and now social media has done for moms in particular is give them a community outside of their geography, give them potential to meet people that they aren't stuck with because of circumstance, but they really bond with over values, And I think that's how we became such good friends and, and so many of the women that we continue to work with and colleagues and friends that we met online and now are friends in person because we read each other's writing. We got to know each other online and we really liked each other's values and what we had to say about the world that we perceived it the same way. We, we talked about our kids in similar ways, what we wanted for them, how we treated behavioral issues, things like that. You don't necessarily get that when you're just meeting school parents. You have to find that out over time. Yeah, like, you do. She's and spanking her kid. And it's very time
1: consuming <laughs> yeah. too to to find someone and meet someone because then you, know, you pick up your kid after school and then what? You hang out and talk? And it's just a little But I think
0: it's okay to kind of have different types of friends. So you may have like the the acquaintances in your community that you hang out with and your kids have play dates and that's perfectly fine. But you may have like your real close, like I can tell them anything, I can ask them any question friends who may not even live in your community. They may be people you met online or through, you know, baby center birth groups or through, you know, mommy poppins and big city moms are two incredible groups in New York City that have events in person and help people connect or like the NYC Dad Group yeah. which has locations now all over the country. Like they are these amazing kind of meetups of they parents. They are kind
1: of like Match.com they are. for parents. They are.
0: <laughs> There's the, the NYC Dads, good Lord, they have a thing in like 80 dads and all their you kids show Well, and they're in other cities up. too. Mommy Poppins is yeah. in other cities as well. Yeah, she's in Philly, San Francisco, I Boston. I really like the idea
1: of ha- sometimes that you have to resign yourself to different kinds of friendships I think mm-hmm. that's hard though especially if like you know you're a situation with your best friend if you were with you were bosom friends with someone for a really long time you know then you had kids and it's not the same it's so hard also because when you have kids so much changes you want to have one thing that doesn't you're like <laughs> oh, that's I have a one great point thing that doesn't change and you know and what? it's not your boobs <laughs> <laughs> or stomach or your butt or your sleep should we go on you know we, we really want something that stays the same and so it's disappointing and you know what you got sometimes you just have to grieve that's why i like jewelry you have to mourn
0: <laughs> <laughs> my earrings still fit
1: i'm trying to be serious here liz governor and you're
0: talking about earrings no it's true it's true you do have to mourn the loss of that old part of your life to some degree and you know it's the old one door closes one opens and I think it gives you the ability to welcome other people into your life too. And you know what? You may find that things come around in years and that you reconnect with old friends as well. Yeah, especially when your kids get older. For those
1: of you who have really young babies and kids, because yeah, you gets can leave better. them at
0: home and go out.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. And you know what? You know what I love about doing this podcast is that so many people have commented, you've emailed and said that we feel like the mom friends that maybe you don't have or you wish you had. And so we say, but we can be your friends. We can. Yes. Write to us. We're nice. Yeah. And if you're, in
0: New York or Philly, like, we'll go get coffee. We do that. Or maybe even drinks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's just summarize quickly a few tips for making new friends if you're struggling with that when you become a new parent. So one, start in your community, right? New mom group, go to the playground, take your kids to classes, whatever you have to do, get out of the house. Even if you're not feeling great about yourself, just know those moms are not feeling great about themselves either. That's why they make tunics and leggings. Thank you. Um, Number two, school
1: can really, really help. And I know that doesn't help people that don't have children in school, but if you do have school-aged kids, Mm -hmm. volunteer, be a part of the school party the valentine's day party
0: which i'm sure even just like soon. do drop-offs or yeah. pickups when stay you stay a little longer <laughs> yeah you really get to know people also don't be afraid to go on message boards which you're all probably already doing look at social media like match.com for parents go to great parenting blogs go on sites like she find people you love and connect with online that are talking about the things you're going through and you may find your people online and then you can also seek out activities in
1: your city and town that bring other parents out. Now, of course, we talked about Mommy Poppins and NYC Dad's group that do that in New York. And they also happen to be in Philadelphia. But there are so many groups now. Mm-hmm that um, have, you know, events that don't involve kids. It's just you as a human being going out for coffee. Imagine that. I can't even imagine. So we'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Help Sherry out. It was a really great question. Thank you so much, Sherry, for sending it to us. And she emailed us at spawned at coolmompics.com if you've got a question or comment, too. And guess what? A lot of people are a little backed up when it comes to listening to the shows, and that's okay. We had someone apologize for only being on episode three, and that's
0: all right. Well, you know, the podcast app, it's like... Miralax for podcasting (laughs) you just put it on and you can just flow from one episode to the next (laughs) don't get backed up (laughs) just use your podcast app it will help
1: (laughs) now I'm thinking about poop thanks Liz (laughs) yay everything comes back to poop when you're a parent let's be honest all right well now it's time for cool picks of the week Cool Picks of the Week. And Liz, I can't wait to hear your awesome Cool Pick of the Week.
0: Oh, okay. Well, this is a timely one. No pressure. (laughs) This is a timely one. So about a year ago, I wrote up the most amazing snow boot ever and it's getting to be that time people those of us who have been lucky and haven't had to deal with like snow apocalypse yet it's coming winter storm jonas so get on zappos and amazon get those credit cards out <laughs> order now because by next week everything will be gone um, if you're in the Northeast. So anyway, I wrote about the Sorel Tofino boot. It is the most awesome boot. It's like attractive. It's got little fake fur on the inside. It's super warm to wear like if you wear it to the movie theater, you kind of want to take off your boots <laughs> while you're watching the movie because you get so warm. It's a really good boot. And it was like 160 bucks. Right now, they're on sale for 119 which is really good. What? I know. I know that's really expensive still, but it's the kind of thing you're going to have forever and ever and ever and ever. And we talked about Conscientious consumerism last week and buying things that will last a long time. That's one. Well,
1: of them. and also if you guys are in Texas or Oklahoma or wherever, it's warm. We understand that this might not be for you. But I bought. M- come visit in New York. And well, then you'll no, have an but experience.
0: I moved from Atlanta to Philadelphia a few years ago, and I had zero boots. I had no idea. I think spending one hundred and twenty on like solid boots that you won't slip and. In- Kill yourself. That's that's a good investment. Well,
1: also your feet aren't changing size, so you could potentially wear these for many. Yeah, many I wouldn't get a hundred twenty
0: dollars boots for my kids, um, but for me, oh yeah, tried and tested, and I swear by them. And we're really picky with that kind of stuff. Now I know that we got a few people that yell at us a little bit over email and Twitter
1: when we do things that are expensive. So I'm glad that you did a budget thing because I'm going to go crazy today with
0: my pick. Well. It's you know a budget for some people. <laughs> I mean, one hundred twenty dollars is still expensive. It's yes, not it like is. Payless shoes, no. But that's... you know, I would say amortize that over the ten years that you'll wear them, and like it's you know ten bucks a year. Well, I'm just saying that you're doing that because
1: I'm going to talk about expensive mascara.
0: Oh, really? Yes. Let's and you just did a huge,
1: awesome post about beauty splurges because I'm my favorite, you. splurges. Yes, your yeah, your favorite splurges. I think, especially hitting forty. I'm a little more conscientious of what I'm putting on my
0: face. Every so often, you, it's like I look at an Instagram with no filter, and I'm like, ooh, oh, I should have <laughs> worn mascara that day. So I want to hear what, what you're recommending. Well, yeah, so I put this up a couple
1: days ago, and of course, we'll link these all on our podcast page. But I cannot say enough good things about Kevin Aquans. The Volume Mascara.
0: Really? Yes, and I've
1: been using it for a year, and that's generally how long it takes me before I decide that it's the best thing ever. What's your what's your time frame? Mine's a year.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. I know it's really hard to find a good mascara. So what I like about this, and I discovered it, I have to give props
1: to Emily from Cupcakes and Cashmere. I don't know if you guys know her blog. Um, but Who she, doesn't know Cupcakes and I Cashmere? I know, silly people. So she recommended <laughs> a year ago. I trust her. I tried it. It's a tube mascara, mm-hmm. so it's it does not smudge or smear, which is a big thing for me. What do you me. mean by a tube? So it, Aren't it, they all tubes? No, 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 no. This is very special. The product actually wraps around your lashes.
0: Oh. So you don't
1: even need makeup remover to get it off. You actually just have to rub your eyes with warm water on like a cotton ball or like a washcloth and it comes off in like pieces and then you just wash your face. Oh, so it's almost like a kind of like a gel type yes, thing? Yes, exactly. Which means then it doesn't smudge or smear. It's not necessarily waterproof, but it is safe for people with contacts like me. Now, can I just say? Yeah. I have not worn mascara on my bottom lashes before then, ever. Are you wearing them now? I am wearing it you now. You look good. So it's expensive. It is expensive. It's 28 dollars Do you pair this with your Chanel liquid eyeliner? I do. I do. I do. I do. You're getting the eyes down. I am, because that's what I got left. I want people to look up as opposed <laughs> to down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then how will they be able to see your your medals of honor on your nipples, Kristen? Oh, I don't know, Liz. I'm
1: sure they'll be able to find them.
0: <laughs> Slung over my shoulder. Well, that's a great pick. Kevin O'Quan's mascara. I'm going to look for that. You know, I, I don't know. I don't tend to splurge on mascaras, but, you know, I'm always willing Give to Give it a try and you let me know what you think. I will. Thank All right. You. Well,
1: that's it for another episode of Spawned. Huge thanks to our engineer, Zach Dinerstein, our producer. Sarah Abdurman and also to Lara Mayer and Andy Bowers
0: at Panoply. And hey, make sure you subscribe to Spawned with Kristen and Liz on iTunes, Stitcher, your favorite podcast app and download the episode so that you can hear it wherever you are. And you know what? We're going to start having guests on Spawned, right Liz? Yes. We have some good ones lined so, up.
1: And listen, if you guys have people that you would love to have us talk to, whether it's George Clooney, Ryan yeah. Reynolds. They're just knocking down our doors. Channing... Channing Tatum, what is his name? I guess I should learn it before we have him on. <laughs> Even if it's your next door neighbor with a loud barking dog who never gets out of her bathrobe. No, we're not No, okay, her, maybe not her. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Spawned. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have
0: a great day. Bye. Oh,